0: We're back. It's the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Thursday, December the 15th, 2022. We're going to talk some UK basketball. Kentucky takes on UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday up in Madison Square Garden. It's a five fifteen tip-off on CBS. Our guest today, I talked with Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times about the Bruins, who he covers UCLA. In fact, Ben's in, uh, back in the day was an intern at the Lakes and Hero Leader. He's gone on to do a great job for the LA Times covering the Bruins. And about the Wildcats, I talked with my friend and colleague Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We talked about Kentucky's last couple of games, the win over Michigan in London and the win over Yale last Saturday. At Rupp Arena, and we talk about how Kentucky and UCLA match up on Saturday in New York. Before we get to the interviews, I just a couple of reminders. First of all, I want to remind everybody to check out all the subscription offers to Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab. You'll find everything you need to know there about uh, the offers to both the digital. Uh, a digital subscription to Kentucky.com and a print subscription to the Lexington Herald Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We appreciate everybody who supports the podcast, and you can do that. You can help support the podcast by leaving a rating and review on Apple Pod. Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at John Clay Iv. Okay, let's get to our interviews first with Ben Bulch of the Los Angeles Times about UCLA, who comes into this game with a 9-2 record off a big win over Maryland on Wednesday night. And then we'll talk about the Wildcats with Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Ben Bulch, who covers – UCLA basketball for the Los Angeles Times. How you doing, Ben?
1: I'm doing great. It was a late night, uh, late start at the Xfinity Center last night, but uh, raring to go and head up to New York.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you doing this. <laughs> We're recording this early morning on Thursday. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Aren't you? You're probably still on West Coast time.
1: Yeah, it takes me. You know, I spend uh, quite a bit of time traveling. It takes me probably, I'd say, three to four days to get fully acclimated. Really uh, to go to the East coast. And funny enough, it, I always seem to have a tougher transition going West to East than East to West. Really? When I go, when I go East to West, I'm usually good by the next day. But, uh, for some reason, West to East, uh, you know, it takes me a couple of days. Maybe it's cause, you know, I, uh, you know it's three hours later you go to bed earlier and that kind of uh sets you sets you off in uh, in the wrong direction or something i'm not sure
0: <laughs> right right uh you covered the ucla maryland game last night there in college park ucla looked very impressive uh, 87 to 60 what were your impressions of that game
1: yeah it was really stunning i mean it reminded me a lot um for those who know who, who follow UCLA basketball closely, they went on the road to Stanford and kind of did the same thing. They scored the, the game's first seventeen points. The difference was, this was a really good Maryland team and, and a really tough environment. When they went to Stanford, they actually had more fans than Stanford did up in the Bay Area. But last night, it was you know obviously 95-plus 90, percent Maryland uh, fans, but they never got into the game. I and mean, UCLA raced out to a twenty seven to six start. Had 10 steals in the first half. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, just play after play. They had runs of 17 to 2 and 13 to nothing. And really, you know, by I would say midway through the first half, it was pretty clear that this this game was not going to go on Malin's direction. The crowd never got into the game. Uh, it was just a com- complete beatdown.
0: Yeah, I say I watched uh, most of that game. They're very, very, very impressive. Ben, let's start with Coach Kentucky and UCLA on Saturday in New York at Madison Square Garden uh, in the CBS Sports Classic. Let's back up just a little bit. What uh, UCLA now nine and two on the year? What were the expectations for this UCLA team coming into this season?
1: Well, they're always high, and you know UCLA brought in two of the top freshmen in America and Amari Bailey and Dembona, uh, the center. Uh, and you know, there's no patience anymore, right? I mean, everybody expect this team to hit the ground running and be final four level from day one, but Mick Cronin coach, Mick Cronin's been, you know, saying that's not realistic when you have six scholarship freshmen, which, which the Bruins do. And they're all pretty much now part of the rotation. Um, so there were going to be some growing pains. There wasn't not going to be a linear trajectory. We certainly saw that early with those two stumbles and, uh, in las vegas when they lost to, to illinois and baylor and you know they were up 15 points on illinois in the second half like they were going to run away with the thing and then illinois rashed up the pressure and and really caused some problems and some of those freshman uh mistakes they just weren't you know used to that kind of environment and kind of wilted uh and then you know the next two days later against baylor they were right there but uh you know, just didn't execute in the in the final minutes of the game. So, you know, I think all things being said, I think this team is about where it should be. And maybe even a little ahead of schedule, you know, if they can keep up the play that they had last night. Uh, they've been playing pretty well uh, ever since that loss to Baylor. They've won six in a row now, uh, including a, that impressive when I referenced at Stanford. Uh, and then, uh, you know, last night was clearly their most complete game of the season.
0: Who's playing well for the Bruins right now?
1: well last night it was everybody uh you know <laughs> uh d- defensively uh, uh jalen clark who mick cronin called uh, he said he's literally the best defensive player in the country that was a direct quote uh you know he had four steals and 12 deflections which is a stat that mick cronin loves to keep tabs on and deflections are uh tip passes in addition to to steals and blocks so uh, he sets the tone defensively. Uh, Jaime Haquez uh, was very active last night. He had four steals, which is uh, not really his game. But if he can add that, it, it brings a whole different layer to this team. And then, uh, you know, Adem Bona, who I also mentioned earlier, has has been pretty raw for much of, of the season. Uh, he really looked like a force out there, a two-way Uh, impact guy uh, catching lobs for dunks and then defensively protecting the paint. I I don't know if he had a block shot, but man, he really kept uh, Maryland out of the paint and thinking twice about going in there and challenging him, and that that made a big difference. Uh, And then off the bench, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention David Singleton. The real spark plug for this team, Uh, a lot of people compare him to the the Pistons' Vinnie Johnson with the microwave factor of coming in and and hitting some three-pointers. Last night he had 18 points. He's playing the best basketball of his career. He's a fifth-year senior. Um, so those, those are a handful of guys. And then, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's interesting and I think should be mentioned is that, you know, Tiger Campbell, the fifth-year point guard, is actually in a season-long slump. So they're 9-2 they're and two with him not playing good basketball. You know, Mick Cronin had talked about putting him into what he called Steph mode this year where he was going to be just shooting and shooting and shooting. And he's tried that, and his he hasn't it hasn't really worked. His uh, his percentage is, is pretty low. It's in the, the low thirties now. Um, he had some foul trouble last night and sat out most the first half. And his turnover uh, to assist ratio is not not where it was either. So, that's something that will that could be you know interesting in a huge showdown game Saturday because you know uh, if he if he picks his game up, and then I think UCLA almost becomes close to unbeatable, assuming everybody else plays at, at their level.
0: Uh, you mentioned Jaime Akez earlier. Obviously, a lot of attention on him. but senior now. Uh, been a really good player for the Bruins. How key – how's he been playing up? I know he played well – well, I think he had 14-7 last night. How's he been playing, and how key is he to UCLA as far as you know, their, their aspirations for this season?
1: He's huge. Uh, you can't – yeah, you cannot – overstate his importance to this team you know people have called him Mick spirit animal just because of his uh, aggressiveness and willing to just dive on the court and and and, and go for loose balls and make a tough play uh, you know he's kind of like their uh, reliable scorer they go to him get the ball to him in the post anytime that they you know really need a basket um, you know he had not been very good defensively this season before last night so I think that you know a fire was kind of lit under him and the rest of the team that hey, we're going to we're going to start with defense and everything's going to go off of that and if he can keep that mindset going uh, that makes UCLA a much more dangerous team
0: obviously UCLA great history all those national championships john wooden all the great players down the line uh, Mick Cronin of course we know Mick here from his days at Cincinnati he was you know assistant under Rick Petino at Louisville uh, obviously you know Kentucky fans kept up you know, even after Rick left with what he's done, especially when he was down the road at Louisville and with Mick, how, how does the fan base feel about Mick Cronin right now and what he's done at UCLA?
1: Oh, they're pretty, totally in love with him. I, you know, my line for on him after the final four that he was more, more popular than free parking in Westwood, which
0: if you've ever been to, <laughs> That's pretty popular. You
1: know, yeah. If you've ever tried to find parking in Westwood, you know how tough that is, but Oh, he's just totally been embraced. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but he's just such a contrast to football coach, Chip Kelly, who's just really does not like interacting with the media He's very kind of stiff and, uh, right. and, uh, you know, not, that the most welcoming, warm guy, but, uh, Mick Cronin is just a tell it like it is kind of guy. He said he's not leaving until he gets, puts that 12th banner up and, You know, uh, not to say they're going to do it this year, but I think he's got them in position where, you know, pretty much every year that from now on that there's going to be a chance. Right. And I think that's all that that UCLA fans could ask for. So between his, you know, one liners and his his just, you know, cracking people up and and getting UCLA basketball back relevant in Los Angeles, which has such a crowded sports landscape. Right. uh, You know, I think the fans have really come to embrace him.
0: Okay, we got Kentucky and UCLA on Saturday. Uh, Kentucky, they're still looking for their first win against a ranked team. They lost to Gonzaga earlier in the year. They beat Michigan in London uh, last week, but Michigan's unranked. What are the keys for UCLA on Saturday facing the Wildcats?
1: Yeah, I think it's just kind of keep that same mindset. Uh, you know, I think this UCLA team thrives in kind of that us against the world mentality. I assume that the, the, the crowd at Madison Square Garden is going to be very pro. Kentucky UCLA fans do not travel well I don't think that's an insult it's just a fact uh so you know we could be looking at 85 percent plus Kentucky fans at this game but you know if UCLA can kind of keep that mindset of uh you know we're going to come out here and quiet the crowd we're going to force some early turnovers and then we're going to convert on those turnovers that's a formula for success for UCLA you know they have had some games uh, oddly, most of them have been at home where they've kind of come out flat and just like assume they're going to win. I, I know that, you know, Kentucky being the opponent, they're not going to have, they're not going to be able to take that mindset and, and be successful. So, uh, you know, if they can keep the same level of intensity and, and jamming those passing lanes and, and just being really active, uh, defenders, uh, that's going to be their game plan Saturday.
0: Well Ben does a great job covering uh, UCLA for the Los Angeles Times as we we were discussing again Ben's been on the podcast before his friend of the pod we were discussing before he came on back in the day Ben was an intern at the Herald Leader Uh, he's gone on to do great things uh, at the LA Times Ben tell uh, remind the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and how they can check out your work uh, online leading up to and after the game.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I have probably one of the most, the world's most tongue-tying Twitter handles. It's uh, <laughs> at at l a t b bulch. L L-A-T a t is in L A Times, and then my first initial and last name, B Bulch. And then uh, obviously for uh, you know checking out U uh, C L A coverage or anything else you're interested in, it's just l a slash sports. Uh, and we love all the visitors to our website because we check those metrics daily. And our editors remind us uh, how many or how few hits every story is getting. So any visits are appreciated.
0: Same here. Same here at the Herald. That has, uh, that's no different at the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com either. Well, Ben, have a safe trip up to New York. Look forward to the game on Saturday. All
1: right. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Okay. I want to welcome into the podcast uh friend, colleague, UK basketball writer, Ben Roberts for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. How are you doing, Ben? Good, John. How are you? I'm good. We haven't talked to you in a while uh, since Kentucky played their last couple of games, at least uh, when they played uh, uh, Michigan in London and then the win over Yale last Saturday. Let's back up a little bit. Let's start with that first. Uh, back up. First of all, how was London? You made the trip to London. How was London?
2: It was good. It was. Uh, it was obviously a, a unique experience, and um, there were. Quite a few more Kentucky fans than than even I probably thought made the trip over there and and made it out to the the game. Obviously, the uh, atmosphere of the game with the uh, conflict with the England's uh, World Cup match uh, basically kept, I would guess, pretty much any, you know, casual sports fan in the area from from doing any sort of walk up ticket or anything like that. Uh, So it was not a packed arena by any means, but. Uh, still a, a very cool uh, atmosphere and then obviously I, I would imagine a good experience for for the players to go over there and do something like that
0: what about on the court what what have you seen from this team in the last couple of games
2: yeah I mean they obviously won them both but I you know i I, I think there's obviously still a, a lot of questions especially offensively and and even more specifically when they get into the half court offense um you know they're, they're those are struggles that uh against decent to good teams have been there all season and you know Calipari says they're growing and they're getting better and then they're getting more on the same page so to speak um you know I, I think obviously a, bi- a big big test of that will will come Saturday and and uh then when they get on into the the conference schedule but still a lot of question marks i thought the the biggest takeaway or or the biggest um thing they brought back from London was the win. I, I think it was really important for them to beat a, a name brand team like Michigan, even though, you know, they weren't ranked, um, not a top 25 team, but still a, still a, a, good talented team. And, uh, to come off of that trip with a win was big. And, um, obviously there were some good things about the, the Yale game from Kentucky's perspective, the way Oscar kind of took over. I don't know that we've seen anything quite like what he did in the second half, um, from him this season, uh, so definitely some things to build on, but still a lot of questions, uh, you know, about a third of the way into the regular season for a team that a lot of people thought would, would be a, you know, a number one seed type team in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, you talked about the offense, and people have been critical of the offense, myself included. Uh, but I'm sure Cal would point out, "Hey, we're 18th in uh, offensive efficiency, according to uh, Ken Palm." Although Cal probably wouldn't quote Ken Palm, uh, somebody probably told him this that he's a, that they're <laughs> ranked in the top 20. What, what, what do you think we need to see from the offense? What 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 are the what are what are the points that need to be improved?
2: Yeah, I mean. It starts with making shots. I mean, I obviously asked Cal about that after the Yale game. And, and as he points out, if you miss shots, it looks ugly because you're missing shots. Right. And, they, and I feel like they have, for the most part, gotten good looks and gotten open shots. They just, uh, some players that you would think would make them haven't made them. Um, and, I, you know, I think the positive for Kentucky there is if you look at some of those players' past history, and just kind of look at what you know they're capable of or what you, you have a pretty good idea they're capable of um, those, those shots you would think would, would start to fall as the season goes on. You know, they need a, they need a a plan B after Oscar. And you've seen flashes of it from several guys on this team, whether, whether it be case Wallace and his ability to take over games, Xavier Wheeler, we've seen be, uh, you know, even a scoring threat, obviously an offensive threat in the past Jacob Toppin um, has done it in spurts, has not been as consistent with it. Antonio Reeves was the team's leading scorer until the other night, and, and uh, CJ Frederick can also uh, get going. But Oscar's been the constant, and those other guys just—it's kind of been here and there. And, and they need—they need at least one or two of those guys, you know, preferably two or three to step up and be able to do that basically in any situation against any opponent. Um, at least be that threat, and 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 be a kind of a, another go-to player on the offensive end, and, and they just haven't gotten it so far, and and I think they've got some some good tests coming up to to see if they can figure that out.
0: Uh, you mentioned C.J. Frederick. We we are recording this on on uh, Thursday afternoon. We got uh, John Calipari for I think five minutes earlier today. than Orlando sure. Antigua, UK assistant coach, came in after that. You asked uh, Orlando about about Frederick he's struggling right now I played just nine minutes against Yale his uh, shooting you know he has a reputation of being a really good shooter his shooting he's kind of going through a slump right now what do you think is going on with him
2: I don't know I mean both you know O told me today and then and then Cal I think said the same thing after the Yale game that that you do have to keep in mind that he hadn't played in a year and a half and no matter how good he looked at the beginning of the season, the exhibition season or whatever, no matter what his track record is, it takes that takes longer than than eight or 10 games to kind of get your legs under you and get your foundation under you and and get back to being that player that you were. And, and I think there's definitely some truth to that, Um but uh, you know <laughs> it, it it has to come at some point um and and you know kind of getting into the the meat of the season obviously with the conference schedule starting and that has to all click at some point cj is a veteran he's you know he works as hard as anybody i know and and he wants to do as well as, as anybody out there but but for for his game to really hit its peak those shots have to fall and orlando said it's a day Everybody said it in the past that he's not just a shooter, and that's true. I mean, he is—he's a—he's a capable defensive player, more than capable defensive player. He's a smart player. He's a good passer. But as we saw against Yale um, and some other games, I think it's—it's it's pretty clear that if his shots aren't falling, Cal's um, probably going to go with some different guys at those guard spots uh, in, in some big moments. So it, it's important for him. Not only to, to help the team and, and get some points on the board for, for those shots to, to start falling, but also to keep himself out on the court and, and uh and, and to get some some more substantial playing time, which I, I you know, I know they want him out there and they want that veteran, you know, high IQ presence. Um, but but it it, it all has to come together at some
0: point. Another guy I want to ask you about is Jacob Toppin. Uh, he scored just four points in the, against Yale. Uh, one of the games here recently, he didn't start the second half. Cal made the comment the other day about, you know, if you can jump 40 inches, why don't you try every once in a while to jump 40 inches? Uh, where do you think he is at this point of the season?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it, it's important to note that he's, he's still been good. You know, I, I think he's still been a, a good player. His stats are still, you know, about double if you look at kind of the, the primary statistical categories um, and obviously still making an impact, still doing a lot of things, but I think it's also fair to say, and I think Jacob would be the first one to say this, is that what he's done so far has not been to the expectation of either Jacob or Cal or that coaching staff or, or by the time we got to the you know the start of the season, uh, what fans' expectations were for him, I, you know, I think a lot of people thought he could really be that kind of all SEC type of player. And obviously, with Oscar on the team, you know, everybody's always going to be second fiddle to to some extent when, when you've got the, the national player of the year back. But I, I think a lot of people thought he could be a you know a a guy who basically works his way into that NBA draft conversation, into the first round, maybe. Works his way into that second team All SEC or you know somewhere around that range, um, and that has not come. And, and a big part of that is consistency. And, and as Callis said, uh, what he thinks a big part of it is is kind of adding that extra grit and and uh, quote unquote toughness of going in there and battling with guys and 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 doing more than just trying to create from the perimeter and, and hit those shots and and then picking your spots. He obviously wants him to be more consistent. With his physical approach to the game, uh, both as a scorer and rebounder, uh, and you know, at this point, that, that's on Jacob. I mean, that's that's he's going to be the one that 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 flips that switch. And he said that. You know, he told me that after um, you, you know a, a couple of games. It wasn't the Yale game. It was a it was a couple of games before that. Uh, Cal's been on him. He knows Cal's been on him. He knows that means that Cal cares and still thinks he can be that type of player. Uh, and at some point in games, he has to just kind of figure that out and, and, and just go do it, which is a lot. It, it's really easy for me to say, and it's right. it's really easy for Cal to say and, and yell through practices and, and whatnot. It, it's a lot harder to go out there and do, especially if you're used to playing a certain style your whole career, to to kind of just switch it up and play a different style. But but obviously for him to reach his potential, that's that's what's going to have to happen. Right.
0: Okay, one more player I want to ask about, and then we'll get to UCLA, and that's Severe Wheeler. How do you think he's playing right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's been hit or miss. Um, the, you know, the, the assist number in the Yale game and especially some of their struggles in the half-court offense, uh, those are definitely interconnected. And I think, and I, you know, I think he feels this way too, that the criticisms of Kentucky's half-court offense in general fall back some on him. And I, and I think he takes that criticism and, and he wants to turn that around. Um, he's obviously as about a competitive, uh, player as, right. as you're going to find. Um, so that's something that he's internalized and he's kind of put on his shoulders. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it, they've got a lot of guys back from last season, but you know, relatively it, it's still a lot of new pieces and some of those old pieces playing new roles, so, you know, I, I think I, I think a lot of fans expected them to come and blow the doors off of everybody and be Michigan State by ten or fifteen points and maybe be Gonzaga and Spokane and and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's realistic to look at the bigger picture and think, you know, this team might need a little bit to come together, especially with the injuries to Oscar and Xavier at the end of the preseason. But again, we're getting into the meat of the season. I think the excuse of those preseason injuries is as well, it's probably past worn out at this point. Um, And guys like, you know, I mean, there's veteran guys on this team. You know, you're talking 22, 23 year old guys. Um, So guys like Xavier Wheeler and and some of these others, uh, it's, you know, it's time to to figure all that out and, and find the, the the way to go about it, and and that's also on Cal. I mean, that's 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 on Cal putting them in the right situations and setting them up into the right situations, especially in the half court offense to to be successful and to to get open shots and and to get good looks.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, Sevier just had one assist uh, against Yale. Uh, Kentucky had 15 assists for the game, but he also had just one turnover in 34 minutes as well. So Kentucky only committed nine turnovers in that game. Okay, let's look at UCLA, Kentucky and UCLA on Saturday in the CBS Sports Classic. Uh, When we talked to Cal earlier today, he talked about UCLA physical team. Mick Cronin's teams are always a physical team. Cal mentioned on defense uh, UCLA being physical. uh, They took apart a good Maryland team last night in College Park. Uh, How do you see this game shaping up on Saturday?
2: Um, (laughs) I watched some of last night's game against Maryland. Going into that game, I thought I I, I probably would have picked Kentucky if I had to predict and, and now I'm glad I don't have to make a prediction because UCLA, <laughs> I, you know, I thought Maryland was a little overrated based on what I'd seen and kind of looked at um, even before last night. But that, you know, no matter who the opponent was, that was a really, really impressive performance. And obviously to go in there and do it on the road uh, against uh, a against high major team that, that clearly has talent uh, was was big for UCLA. Um, it, that's a tough test because as Kyle talked about today, especially defensively, they are a physical team. They'll look to wear you down. They'll, they'll look to frustrate you, and they have kind of that that length and athleticism. And in um, in some situations, they have got some really veteran guys who who have uh, you know been through a lot of these big time games and, and know what they're doing. So it's and not on paper, it's not probably the best timing for a team struggling with its half court offense to go up against a. What looks to be a really tough, gritty defensive team like UCLA is. Um, if you're looking more long term, I, I think it's something that that helps Kentucky figure out more about themselves, even if they take a loss on Saturday. But for those who who fixate on on every single. Uh, uh, game and possession, and and try to extrapolate uh, the, the larger meaning out, out of out of every game. Um, <laughs> right, it, it could be a tough one. It, it was definitely going to be a tough one, but um, it, it, I would say probably not to read a ton into Saturday's outcome as it relates to the whole season. But uh, but I do think it's another step along the way for Kentucky to to really get that that big game experience and and to get. You know, kind of test themselves and, and test that offense, especially against a really good defensive team.
0: Right? Yeah. You obviously when you before uh, taking over the basketball beat, I mean, you covered recruiting extensively. Uh, you know, UCLA a lot of talk about their freshman class uh, coming in. What what do you know about their freshmen? Uh, I know Bona was ranked in the six t- nine uh, forward from, from Mount California, ranked in the top twenty. Was this a pretty highly regarded UCLA freshman class?
2: It was. And, you know, Amari Bailey, um, who was obviously getting a lot of, a lot of run for them and and playing a big role. um, He was in the discussion for, for the number one player in the class at one point, he kind of had a weird trajectory to his career. He didn't, he skipped some AAU balls, skipped entire segments, AAU ball, which didn't really put him in front of coaches or scouts or anything. Uh, Had had some, uh, you know, just some weird scheduling stuff as a lot of, you know, a lot of players in these classes did because of the COVID year and, right. and missing games and all that. But his was even more um, you know, strange as as far as his lack of playing time on some of the big stages. But, you know, he's obviously uh from what I've seen, he's doing well and, and he's averaging double digit points and um, you know, you know, playing a very large role for a, for a top fifteen ish team. So he's off to a good start. adem Bona uh, is a guy that Kentucky um, really looked at hard and, and and recruited for quite a while. Um, known kind of as, as like a rebounder, shot blocker type in, in high school. I think there were some questions as to, you know, especially with young centers like that g- going to a big stage, a big program like UCLA. You've seen guys in the past, you don't know how it's going to translate, don't know how much time they're going to get necessarily. We've seen some guys rank like top five, top 10 nationally who don't, play much at all uh their freshman year um and really struggle to make that transition he's doing he's doing well i mean he, his rebounding numbers aren't terrific for his size but uh he, he's playing substantial minutes um i guess if you extrapolate his numbers out over maybe a 30 32 minute they, they're looking pretty good uh, and and he's another guy that's just kind of a force to to deal with down low so you know they've got you know and he's one more in that kind of that that just that length, um, athleticism, and even more so the athleticism, just kind of that basketball know-how that this this UCLA team has. Uh, a team, obviously, that, that's had guys go to the Final Four. Um, now in Mick Cronin's, program for, for, uh, for, I guess, well, four years now, um, right. and, and as we saw with Cincinnati uh, and, and other stops, Mick Cronin's teams, uh, <laughs> they, they don't look like much fun to play against, uh, you know, pretty much in a year
0: yeah looking at the two uh two four seven sports composite Bailey was number nine Casey Wallace was number ten so uh that that should be uh interesting if those two go head to head that'll be an interesting matchup uh on saturday uh Ben tell the uh remind the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter and uh anything else you want to point him in direction to uh leading up to uh and uh, of course be sure and follow Ben after the game as well.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it'll be Ben Roberts HL on Twitter, and uh, we've got some stories on Jacob Toppin and Xavier Wheeler up earlier this week, and a story this morning on um, just kind of looking back at the Kentucky UCLA rivalry and and pointing out that UCLA could actually tie Kentucky in the all time series, which uh, only three teams have a five hundred or better record that will play Kentucky at least ten times in, in history uh, to this point. So they could be the they could join that list and be the fourth. Um, and then I asked Cal, you know, I, people might forget, but Calipari's quote unquote lifetime contract was, which was actually a 10 year extension, uh, came about because there were some pretty serious talks with UCLA back in 2019. Um, and this will be the first time these two teams have played since then. Uh, I asked Calipari kind of about that today, and he talked a little bit about it. So we've got a got a story up right now kind of reminding people you know about that that contract and and what it looks like from here on out and maybe kind of what that means for for Cal's future at Kentucky
0: so be sure and check all of that out be sure and follow Ben on Twitter uh plenty of coverage leading up to the game during the game and after the game as well Ben as always thanks for being on the podcast
2: yep thanks a lot John
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Ben Bolch of the Los Angeles Times and Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Uh, remember, it's a five fifteen start. I think I said 5-30. Actually, it is the second game. Kentucky-UCLA is the second game of the CBS Sports Classic. North Carolina-Ohio State playing the first game in Madison Square Garden. That starts at 3 o'clock. So the Kentucky-UCLA game could start anywhere from 5-15 to 5-30, maybe a little later depending on how late the North Carolina-Ohio state game goes but both of those games are on cbs on saturday be sure and follow all our coverage i'll have a live update a so twitter feed uh, on the game on saturday on my sidelines blog i'll have my three takeaways after that be sure and follow cam drummond who is in new york will be covering the game uh you can follow him on Twitter, C Drummond ninety seven. So be sure and follow Cam as well as following Ben at Ben Roberts HL. And you can also follow Mark's story at Mark C's Story. Thanks again to the two bands, Ben Bolts and Ben Roberts. We really appreciate them being on the podcast. And be sure and check out all of their coverage on Saturday. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.